Is the Tennessee offense ready to go? Kickoff is just about a week away. Where's this offense at? We'll hear from Joey Halsley and quarterback Joe Milton on today's Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out every dayers and thanks for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. Got a fun show coming up today on Thursday. It was offensive coordinator Joey Halsley, quarterback Joe Milton, who met with the media to kind of give a pulse on the offense. Uh, fall camp is over with, transitioning into a mock game week, and then, hey, they're going to practice uh, today and they will practice. They'll have an They'll practice today, and they'll have a practice on Saturday, an off day on Sunday, and then it truly is a real game week. And so we are just right around the corner. What did both of those guys have to say about some of the big questions? Offensive line, uh, Joe Milton, leadership, consistency, all that type of stuff. We're going to get the best stuff, some of those sound bites here in the first two segments of the show today. And uh, we'll get into our wide receiver position preview. That is coming up today on this edition of Locked on Vols. Can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, really, really do appreciate it. If you can tell, my audio is kind of going out right now. I'm trying to put my phone on that little touch charger. Um, that's kind of hard. To, a pad charger. There you go. I don't know if you guys have uh, issues with this at all, but I do. Like, I have a pad charger for my iPhone on my desk, and I'll put it on there, and, like, the sucker won't charge. Then I'll have to move it around and find the, the right place to place it, if you will, and then it'll charge. So, anyway, a uh, little sidebar there. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's hear from Joey Halsley. First thing a lot of us asked him yesterday was, hey, how's the offensive line progressing? We've gone through our offensive line preview, the question marks, left guard, right tackle, the center position without Cooper Mays, Joey Halsley on that offensive line, and then Joe Milton on that offensive line. Give this a listen. Yeah, um, feel really good about how the offensive line's looking. Um like you said, there are guys that can rotate in and play a bunch of spots. That's what's what's really good about the guys we have is guys can go in and out. We got guys that can play all three positions. So uh it's really helpful having that kind of um that kind of utilization with the guys up front. Feel really good about the five we're gonna roll out there with in, in a couple of weeks and and feel like we can put a good product on the field with them. No, nah, those guys up front, the the starting five right now are working very hard. Um we wish to have a cool back. Yes, absolutely. But um the starting five right now are working very hard. They're working on the same communication level, and they all playing sound football. So it sounds like everything's going well for Tennessee offensive coordinator and quarterback Joey Halsley, Joe Milton, uh, regards to the offensive line. Now, they're not going to get up there and say, man, that offensive line sucks. We're in trouble. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's very much a work in progress. And, uh, again, this is just me. I mean, I, this is nothing official. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think Cooper May is going to play play against Virginia. That's, I mean, uh, again, that's just kind of my gut feel uh, we'll see. And so obviously they've been without Cooper Mays for the better part of the last uh, three weeks in fall camp. And they're trying to figure some things out. Offensive line, you know, Cooper May, or excuse me, Ollie Lane at center, um, a rotation at left guard led by Andre Carrick and Jackson Lampley, Addison Nichols. Of course, Ollie Lane would be very much in that conversation if uh, if he was not playing center right now. Uh, right tackle, Gerald Mincy, J.J. Crawford. Um, if something were to happen to Ollie Lane at the center position, would it be Addison Nichols? Would it be Parker Ball, Vison Lang, or could it be a guy like Dane Davis who truly is the swing man and can play all across the offensive line? He's got some great versatility. So sounds like the offensive line is working through that right now, but they're kind of getting up tempo and all that. Joey Halsey was later asked about 
without having Cooper Mays, has the tempo suffered at all? And it's like he didn't even want to answer that question. He was like, no, the tempo is exactly where it needs to be. So whatever the case may be. Um, we talked about this on the, the show yesterday, the tight end position, and how critical um, that spot is in this offense for you know allowing it to have that tempo it wants to. Uh, two brand new tight ends to go along with Jacob Warren this year. One's McCallum Castle is coming from West Coast offense. The other is Ethan Davis coming from high school where he played wide receiver. How have those two guys transitioned into this offense, grown in this offense, and can they be counted on this year? Here's offensive coordinator Joey Halsley. It's been great watching them from spring um, to fall camp. Uh, Callie was just learning. You know, I mean, he played in a system that wasn't going fast at all, so his whole thing was not playing as fast as he could because he was just learning what to do. And now that he's dialed in on everything, like that's a big, strong dude that'll come off the ball and hit you. It's it's fun to watch him. He'll strike people like an old school fullback, but then he can run, like you were saying, like a slot and be a matchup issue for safeties. Uh, Ethan, you know, he lived that world of playing a lot of receiver coming out of high school. He has no fear of getting in there and mixing it up with people. He'll put his face on people. Um, so it's it's been good watching him. It's very similar to, to Cali, where you go from learning what to do, like what's my step, what's my, I'm, am I getting the backside hand through, and all of a sudden the defensive ends are running through you. To I know what to do, and now I'll come off and shoot my hands and, and put my face in there. So he's still got some growth to do in that area, but the best thing that you see with a, a young tight end that hasn't done it a lot is he's not scared. Two things I really like there. First, on McCallum Castles, um, he'll come up and hit you like an old-school fullback. He'll come up and strike you, and I really, really like that because he's always been a good route runner. At least you know that's what we've heard, and that's kind of how he describes himself as a route runner, receiving target, but uh, getting stronger, learning this offense, playing inline stuff, H-back, tight end, that type of stuff, and come up and strike you like an old-school fullback, that is good to hear. And then what he said about Ethan Davis, man, that was pretty telling. No fear. <laughs> He's got no fear whatsoever. And I'm, I'm telling you, again, guys, uh, you know, we're over there. We we, we, you know, we watch a coach speak, and then we wait 25, 30 minutes on a player. One player comes, we wait a little bit. So there's a lot of downtime when we go, when we go over there and cover press conferences. So we see a lot of the players walking in and out of that facility. And a lot can be said by a player, you know, walking up with his hood on, you know, headphones in and just kind of head down and, you know, or a guy that comes through and is smiling, bump fist, how you doing, how's everything going? Um, you know, I mean, Ethan Davis is one of those guys that looks like things are going really, really well for him. Maybe I'm reading into it so much, but um, I, I seriously do believe that, you know, body language and that type of stuff is a big deal. So Ethan Davis, I think, is uh, going to play a whole lot of football this year. Uh, last one I want to get into before we get into more Joe Milton in segment number two. Uh, this is Joey Halsley on, you know, the first camp of him being an offensive coordinator. Some of the big differences in coming along with the promotion from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. As far as like the game planning, I said it when I first took this role, like we've all done that all together. Like that's never just been a one person shows up and says this is how we're doing it. It's, it's extremely communal. Um, the staff's been awesome around me. So it, it's it's been a great transition. It hasn't been like, you know, drinking through a fire hose. Um, there are more like as far as going into a meeting time, like I have to have everything prepped on the front and I can't just show up and take my notes and can't just stare at my quarterback as we're watching tape and seeing how that's going. You got to see what everybody's doing, making sure the whole thing hangs together perfectly. So as far as an adjustment, like that would be the main. Also, you have to talk a whole lot more. Like you got to talk the whole meeting. I'm kind of done talking by the end of the day, but not a big talker. You know what I mean? Um, but 
that's that's the main part of it is the front end. Everything is on you to make sure it's prepared so everyone else can have a smooth transition through their day. Joey Holsley saying, hey, I got to talk a lot more. I'm not much of a talker. Well, buddy, you're getting paid the money now, so <laughs> you better be talking. But uh, continuity, you know, this offensive staff has been together for three years now. Now there's been two different wide receiver coaches and uh, I guess another tight ends coach, but they've been promoting from within. So this staff has tremendous continuity. Halsley, Heupel, Ellerby, man, they've worked together for long periods of time, not just here at Tennessee. Halsley was in, in Heupel's quarterback room in Oklahoma way back in the day. So, again, I think continuity goes a long way, and Joey Halsley, though he has to talk a little bit more, uh, he's adapting to it uh, the, the right way. And obviously, you know, all those guys having uh, game-planning responsibilities, how they've all done it together already has been a – a seamless transition. Uh, so that was the best of Joey Halsley. Let's get into Joe Milton in segment number two. Ownership, okay? When did Joe Milton take some ownership of this football team, and how has he gone on and progressed throughout the weeks of fall camp? That is coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. But I want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful ever, all right? Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports. Not just sports, but music, comedy, theater, all near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun that you are going to have. All right, some of my favorite things about using game time, flash deals, and of course those last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy your tickets for every kind of event that's in your area. Images. They send you images of your seats that you are going to be sitting in, plus the lowest price guarantee, even cancellation protection, job loss protection, and all that bad stuff that you might run into at some point or another. So forget about planning months in advance. GameTime has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the events, including flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, all those types of games, concerts, comedy, theater, whatever the case may be. All that great stuff is over at Game Time today. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, encourage you to create an account, redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, guys, welcome back into Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. I want to encourage you to go check out that two-part Ultimate College Football Preview because right now it's live on the Locked On YouTube channel, Locked On Balls audio channels, wherever you get your podcasts. I was a part of that show. I gave my thoughts on Tennessee being a contender. It's available on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, it is your team every single day. All right, guys, uh, let's roll on here. Let's get into Joe Milton talk. Um, how's Joe Milton fared in fall camp? How's Joe Milton feeling about this offense, feeling about this team and being a leader of this football team moving from fall camp into game week preparations? I um, want to play a couple of clips here. We're actually going to start by going back to Joey Halsley. I asked Joey Halsley about when Joe Milton took ownership of this football team. Whereabouts was that and kind of what's been the change in his a demeanor sense. Here's Tennessee offensive coordinator once again, Joey Halsley. It's really been since since bull prep last year, um, when it was very clear at that point with with Hendon's injury and and everything that it was it was his team to take over. He didn't shy away from it, but he also didn't become fake and like change the way he was. He was just him and with a new dedicated new spirit about it, where he just said, all right, this is like, I'm responsible for this unit now, and I got to make sure that it's going the way it needs to go. So it was really about December, like saw that Hooker, of course, was going to be out towards ACL, 
And this team, you know, not only needed a quarterback, but it needed a leader. And that does not, you know, go on to say that Hendon Hooker was just, all right, I'm done. See ya. Good luck without me. I mean, he was there. He went to the Vanderbilt game. He was at the bowl game. He was at practices as much as he could. But I mean, when you get hurt like that and you're kind of juggling rehab and all that type of stuff, plus he's trying to get ready for, you know, an appearance at the senior bowl. He didn't get to participate in that and all that type of stuff leading up to the NFL draft. You kind of got your. Uh, your your schedule full there, but um, you know Joe Milton stepped up. And he kind of recognized that time as as being a leader and all that. But you know I asked the same question to Joe Milton about ownership, and he says, "Hey, that's just kind of who I am. Doesn't matter if I'm first string, second string, third string. I always take ownership of a position or a team because I'm the eldest guy in the room. Not only for that, but also his family." There's how Joe Milton answered my question about when he took ownership of this football team. Um, I always had that that in the back of my head. Um, no matter what happened, uh, I just had to get over the, the situation that I had in 2021 uh, about just understanding everyone on the team and understanding my receivers and the understanding the coach's mindset. So, I honestly, truly, just you know, I felt like that since I got here. I always felt like that, even when I wasn't a starter. Um, that's just me as a person, you know, just being the oldest of seven. That's just something that you just kind of just take over of. So. So that's Joe Milton, and he referenced, hey, I just had to get over the situation in 2021. Of course, that situation being he was brought in here to be the starting quarterback. He started the first two games. He got knocked out of a game. Hendon Hooker came in and just took over. You couldn't hand the keys back to Joe Milton at the way that Hendon Hooker was playing, and that was tough to deal with, obviously, if you're Joe Milton. And if you guys remember that, we we discussed and pulled some audio uh, from 991 The Sports Animal from Joe Milton at SEC Media Days. He was on with Tyler and Will in the afternoon, and he discussed about that that challenging time period that he just referenced right there in that clip. And, and he goes into a little bit more detail about what was going on through his mind. Uh, let's let's remember what Joe Milton right here. I'm going to play it. This is Joe Milton at SEC Media Days to 991 The Sports Animal about that difficult time of his injury and then ultimately losing his job. Um, 2021 season. Um, I mean, everybody be like, oh, Joe missed all these throws, right? But Joe didn't know these receivers. So, am I going to make an excuse? Absolutely not. But when I got hurt, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, man, am I good enough for this game? You know, I you asked yourself that. Yeah, I doubted myself. Um, for like a week. Doubted myself for a week. I was in a quarterback room, slouched for like a week. I was, you know, going through that phase like, man, like, I don't even know if I want to be here for real. Uh, you know, I probably just want to go home, right? But um, I went back home after that week, and I looked myself in the mirror again. I was like, man, God gave you 6'5 height, 235 pounds uh, of weight, a lot of muscle. You can throw the ball very far. You got you accurate. You can run. Uh, you know how to talk to people. You know how to lead, right? Um, and you know how to win football games. So why not go back out there and compete to your highest level? So, you know, uh, I looked at that, and I took that into preparation, and I made it happen. So that was what he was referencing there, that situation in 2021, getting hurt, losing his job. Even when he was playing, he wasn't playing very, very well. And you sit back, and you, you read things on social media, heard things that guys like me were saying into a microphone, right? Whether it be TV, podcasting, YouTube, radio, whatever the case may be. And it was just kind of hard to deal with that. But he dealt with that. He accepted that. He worked. He was a great teammate to not only Hendon Hooker, but everybody on that team. He was a leader. Um, man, you, you talk about you talk about the era in college football where, you know, it's so easy to run. And um, of course he 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 left Michigan and came here. 
but he's been in school forever. He could have left again as a graduate transfer. Look at Chris Ledlam this offseason. He transferred twice, right, on the basketball court. Um, you know, Joe Milton recognized what happened and took ownership of everything. And and I, I really, really liked his answer there. He just kind of says, hey, that's just who I am once I accepted everything that had happened. And so um, some good stuff there from Joe Milton. Obviously, you might have seen earlier in the week this week, uh, Joe Milton gifted his entire team Beats by Dre. Uh, was asked about that. Here's kind of what he had to say about that gift to his teammates. It's just an NIL deal. Beats reached out. Um, you know, I did my part of what I needed to do. Um, and then on the back end of that, you know, they said that they have some beats for the team. And, you know, that's something that I always like doing this, you know, helping these guys out, you know, any way possible. So, yeah, yeah, that was my idea. Um, I mean, everybody that around the country that did it has a card, but. Um, the message on that car, yeah, that was for me. It was really cool. You probably saw it on social media. Um, I don't know if you guys follow these players on Twitter, Instagram, all that type of stuff, but a lot of those guys uh, were reposting it and everything. And Joe Milton kind of wrote a specialized letter uh, to, uh, you know, a little little card to each of his teammates saying, essentially paraphrasing here, y'all are my brothers, you know, we fight for each other and all this type of stuff. And um, you know, we got one goal in mind, but before we, we get to that goal, let's go win the East and saying win the East, go win the national championship. So that is the beautiful thing about name, image, and likeness. So many bad things are associated with NIL and inducement, recruiting, all this type of stuff, free agency. But that right there is NIL at pure, right? You star quarterback, you, you know, going and doing something for beats by Dre, getting the entire team beats by Trey. I mean, that's that's minor, but it's something really, really cool. And I wanted to highlight that here on the show. A last thing from Joe Milton, kind of the star, one of the stars of uh, fall camp. Um, nobody can stop talking about him. And I've said it a, a numerous times. He's going to be the breakout star on this offense, at least in the backfield. And that's Jalen Wright. What has Joe Milton seen from Jalen Wright this fall camp? And what's he expect from Jalen Wright? Uh, not only in the uh, in the running back room and on the field, but also as a leader in that locker room. You know, I used to preach to Jay Wright last year, you know, about just being more mature. Um, you know, things going to happen, you know, last year or 2021, you know, he had fumbles. And then as the years progressed, he stopped, he stopped fumbling and, you know, he just kept balling. You know, he, he took into consideration that, you know, everybody believes in him, you know, don't have no self-doubt, you know, that, that kills everything that you're willing to, you know, approach. So, you know, just... Being able to have him in the backfield is great. You know, he runs the ball hard. He understands what's going on. He understands the playbook. And he understands me and what the coaches want in his offense. So, you know, it's off season, talking season, all that type of stuff. You know, we say a lot of good things. You know, we preach, we preach. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm at the pulpit up here. Um, and and we, we tell you what we think. We tell you what we hear. And, I mean, everything is just sky's the limit. Tennessee's going to unload. Joe Milton's going to you know, do his thing. He's been more accurate. He's a leader. He's had a great preseason. He hadn't thrown an interception, all this type of stuff. And ultimately, we don't know until we see the games, all right? But I'll tell you what. I've been doing this a couple years now. Not very long, but a couple years now since 2017. And uh, there might not be a guy that I want to root for more than Joe Milton. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm being candid, man. Just seeing his journey, how he's, you know, you listen to him, you watch him here on YouTube on this show, taking ownership of what happened, the way he's leading these guys. Uh, you want a storybook ending for him, and that'd be a you know a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Because if he goes out there and, and and you know just shows that he can be accurate with the football and he'll make he doesn't make poor decisions, I got news for you. He's gonna be a first-round draft pick because he looks like Cam Newton. You know, so 
Um, I'm rooting for this guy. I really, really am. That was the best of Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback, and of course, a little bit of Joey Halsley, Tennessee offense coordinator. Let's transition into the wide receivers, my favorite position group on the offensive side of the football for the University of Tennessee. About that slot receiver position, how are they going to handle Dante Thornton and Squirrel White? We'll hear from Joey Halsley one more time when we return right here on Locked On Vols. A final segment left here of this week's worth edition of Locked On Vols. Can't thank you enough for being here every day or just making this possible. Subscribing to Locked On Vols on the YouTube channel and more importantly, subscribing and following wherever uh, you get your podcasts, that being Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever, Stitcher, or pretty much wherever you, you, you can get podcasts. So you can't outrun us. Uh, go ahead and get that automatic download. Uh, that helps the show grow the most. So I can't thank you enough for that. I uh, had a fun show so far hearing from Joe Milton and Joey Halsley. Let's transition to into our position previews for the wide receiver group. Now, I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. Uh, part, as part of my work on Rivalry Thursday, <laughs> you know, we, we had a game on Saturday, and uh, boy, it was it was a defensive showcase, and and I loved it. But from a broadcasting standpoint, it's difficult to call a defensive slugfest. Um, <laughs> but um, I love defense. What I'm trying to say. But when I look at this Tennessee offense, my favorite position group on that side of the ball is going to be this wide receiver group, all right? Because I think that they got three spots, they got four starters. I think even the 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 fourth, let's see here, the fifth and sixth guy in that rotation, Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod, or Chaz Nimrod, Caleb Webb, vice versa, have had great, great, great fall camps. You know, Joe Milton has spoke on these guys. Josh Heupel has mentioned both those guys, Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb, by name. Uh, you know, two or three times uh, in press conference settings over the course of fall camp. So I think this this room is talented. And if all goes according to plan, you know, Tennessee being successful and these guys having good seasons, Brew McCoy's gone. Dante Thornton's gone. Romel Keaton's gone no matter what. And you can just step up and, and, and go if you're Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod. And so I think this fall camp's been really good from the receiver position. Uh, but one of the biggest question marks we have, and I'll break down exactly who's where here in a moment, but one of the biggest question marks we've had is how are they going to, you know, allow these guys to play snaps, especially the slot position, because, you know, kind of forecasting on one side, Brew McCoy, on the other side, Ramel Keaton, and then the slot position, you would think Squirrel White would step up because he played that a lot last year in mop-up duty, he played in the Orange Bowl and did really well, but Tennessee goes out and gets Dante Thornton, explosive, long, lengthy athlete, fast athlete, from Oregon in the transfer portal, and he's a slot receiver. Now, there's versatility to his game. He can play on the outside if needed, but how are they going to work that snap count out between Squirrel White and Dante Thornton as the two are, are kind of opposite players? They're both fast, but they are kind of they bring different things to the table. Uh, here's Joey Halsley on managing the snaps at the slot position this year. It, it's been great. Like It's very similar to what we talked about in the quarterback room. Like We have guys that actually support each other, and very similar, again, to the running back question, like the way we play, there's not a shortage of snaps to go around. There's not a shortage of opportunities to catch balls. So we don't really get a lot of like that backbiting in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? It's a it very um, amicable workspace for everybody. And you go get yours, come off the field, I'll go get mine. You know what I mean? That's kind of the mindset for a lot of our skill set. I like that because he's saying, hey, the way we play, there's enough snaps to go around. You're exactly right. I mean, Tennessee can average, you know, 80, 85, sometimes 90. I think Tennessee's ran a, a couple different times. They've ran over 100 offensive snaps in the game, and and certainly the defense has been out there as well. They are the fastest offense in the country, so there's plenty of snaps to go around. So, you know, Coach Speak for pretty much saying, hey, we're going to play these guys. 
Um, but as we know, we've watched this offense for two years, and they can say all they want. I remember last year, uh, you, you had Alex Golish, offense coordinator, up there saying, hey, we want to play seven, eight wide receivers. We like seven, eight wide receivers. And then when it came down to it, they played three. They played three wide receivers. And then Ramel Keaton got up there uh, you know, due to injury. And then, of course, um, you had Squirrel White coming in mop-up duty. So I'm intrigued to see how this works. And, you know, football, I've said it all offseason, football has a way of working out the snap count, right? You know, Ramel Keaton and or Brew McCoy and or Dante Thornton and or uh, Squirrel White. Are, you know, they're going to get banged up. And so they might miss a quarter, a series, a game, a week, you know, whatever. And being able to adapt is going to be unique because Dante Thornton can go out and play outside. And um, even Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb can step up and, and play a little bit. So I like this wide receiver room. And, you know, whoever's playing that slot receiver position is going to go off. Because even though Valus Jones wasn't the leading receiver on Tennessee's team back in 2021, he had like nine touchdowns and 900 yards receiving from the slot position. Oh, yeah, and he wasn't even the starting slot receiver for like the first two weeks of the season. So that position is really, really fruitful in this offense, if you will. Uh, I think Brew McCoy is going to lead this team in, in receiving. Um, he might lead, or I think he'll lead this team in receptions here or Mel Keaton. But I think the boom is going to come from, obviously, that slot position, whether it be Dante Thornton or or Squirrel White. So I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. Um, kind of my little depth chart right now, you know, at the wide receiver position, I've got four guys who are going to play. Uh, you know, I got Brew McCoy on one side, got Ramel Keaton on the other, and in that slot I've got Dante Thornton and Squirrel White. I think that those guys are going to play. Behind McCoy on one side, I've got Chaz Nimrod. Behind Keaton on the other side, I've got Caleb Webb. And th those, are, those are your top six wide receivers. Now, there are some other wide receivers on the board. Of course, you've got uh, Nathan Leacock, who came in as a true freshman. You have Nate Spillman, who came in as a true freshman. And then you have some veterans who are, you know, you know walk on guys like, like uh, Jack Jancic, who is a stud in preseason scrimmages and in orange and white games. And, um, you know, long, lengthy guy that does a great job. It's a great teammate and everything. But those are your... Those are your four that are going to play, and McCoy, Thornton, Squirrel White, and Keaton. And then the other two that will see action, whether, you know, step up for injury or maybe a rotation, probably not, or, you know, so something along the likes of just getting in there and, and, and seeing what you can do. That's going to be Chaz Nimrod and, and Caleb Webb. So uh, we'll see exactly what happens, but uh, the wide receiver room I think is going to be really, really good. The offensive line's got a block. Offensive line has done a good job pass protecting for the most part in fall camp. So that's a good sign. And then it goes it goes to Joe Milton, your quarterback. Can you process information at a fast clip? Can you not wait and be so hesitant? When the pocket collapses, can you take off and get a little yardage back? Um, can you make the right decisions and, and make the throws and, and let, let these guys go eat? Uh, we will see. I'm, I'm so, 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 so excited about getting into this season so I can see this room go to work. But I think strength-wise – and I know there's some, uh, you know, there's some, there's some analysts out there and everything that, you know, are kind of sleeping on Tennessee's wide receiver room, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, sure, Alabama's got a great wide receiver room. Georgia, who's back-to-back national championship, they got a whole lot better wide receiver this year, right? Um, I like Kentucky's wide receiver room. I love Tennessee's wide receiver room. I mean, there's some players in here, and there's some depth, and there's a, there's a number of different guys. I mean, they're all kind of different. McCoy is like a fullback, right? But he's not the fastest guy, but he's fast enough, and he's going to run right to you. 
Uh, Romel Keaton, I'll leave here from last. Dante Thornton is your deep threat, okay? So could Squirrel White be, but also he's a little bit more shifty. And Romel Keaton also is a deep threat, but he's the best all-around receiver, can do a little bit of everything, in my opinion. They're all different. They all bring something new to the table, different to the table, and I, I really, really like that. So I'm excited to see this uh, group go to work. All right. How about that? That was a fun episode. I like uh, cutting up some video and putting it in here in these episodes because I think it's uh, I think it's better to hear from them than, than from me. You know what I'm saying? So I like to hear what they have to say, watch what they have to say, and then react to it. And so that's kind of what this show is all about. Next time we talk, guys, it is going to be game week. It's going to be Monday of game week. We're going to get into our game week uh, festivities and all that. Cannot wait. Guys, the wait has been over. You know, and sure, we still have another week to go before there's an actual game. But again, game week, it is here. The next time we talk, it is here. Pat yourself on the back. Congratulations. We made it through another offseason. And your best spot to get daily coverage of the Tennessee Volunteers football team, it is right here on Lockdown Balls. We're a top 100 football podcast in America because the you everydayers couldn't do without you. Thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. And get your ass back here on Monday. It's game week. Locked on Vols.